You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, my friends, this is a blast from the past. Ugh, Alicia here, the Bride Chiller host, founder, person, and I'm welcoming back a guest who joined me on episode seven of this here show. Now, this is episode, get this cat, 350 Whoa. of the Bride Chiller podcast. That's Whoa. a lot. Fuck yes. <laughs> it was the Save the Date wedding podcast way back when, and now it's Bride Chiller. As it should be. Cat Williams, you are, I'm just going to tell you what you are. You can Great. tell everyone who you are, what you are, fabulous person. You're the founder of Rock and Roll Bride, blog, authoress, slash business lady, magazine publisher, jackass of all traders. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a delight to have you. And thank you for being one of the first people that went, yeah, I'll go on this crazy podcast. I'll just talk to this weird Australian. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we we have gotten to know each other a little bit outside of podcast world over the years going to various wedding events, some great, some not so great. <laughs> I've seen you speak and I think we share a lot of similar philosophies and ethos of the world of wedding and beyond. Absolutely. And I think that's why uh, I love what you do. And as you've well contributed as you- to Rock and Roll Bride magazine. I have. I was going to say I love writing for your magazine and uh, I love what you put out there into the world, especially when it comes to the world of alternative weddings. And I don't actually even think alternative is the way to say it anymore. It's just weddings. Can I, I is think that right? so too. Yeah, like alternative is the new normal, I suppose. Yes. Kat, if people are new to your brand, new to who you are, you've got an accent. It's not this accent, but it's an accent that's different to mine. Could you refresh people's memory a little bit about, you know, how you got into wedding blogging in the, the beginning and also where, what you've done in the last, I don't know, four years since we last spoke on this show? Gosh. Okay. So <laughs> I started blogging because I got engaged and wanted a place to talk about my wedding. Hmm. Um, this was 2007. So before kind of Pinterest and Instagram and really even Facebook. Christ. Um, yeah. So having a blog was like, the best way of talking about my wedding on the internet, I suppose. Mm. Um, the short version is we got married in 2008. And then after that, I decided that I still really liked blogging and talking about weddings. And then I started sharing other people's weddings and it kind of naturally progressed into being like a more of an alternative hub because that's kind of the sort of weddings I was interested in. Um then I've kind of lost my train of thought now. No, it's fine. Look, you've done a lot. I was going to say you've you've blogged, you've run. I love your entrepreneurial spirit and the, the fact that you do share knowledge and information with lots of other people who want to write and produce creative mm. outputs, whether that be blogs or books and so many great things. I saw you speak at the Catalyst Conference. You had this great talk about collaboration and it really put a fire under my ass. Mm. I came home and said to Rich, you should collaborate more with people in your industry. You know, like I feel like we could help each other out a lot more um, yeah. and that, that, that really incited a lot of energy in me. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I think a lot of people think that Rock and Roll Bride is just me because I'm like the face or whatever. Sure. Um, 
which is absolutely not true. At the beginning, it was definitely just me kind of sitting on my laptop and being a loser talking about weddings when I was already married. Um, But these days, like everything that I do is generally with other people. So I have like a veil collection with Crown and Glory. Obviously, my husband works full time on the business now. Um, I've done lots of different projects with lots of different people. And it always kind of helps to elevate the brand and do something new and yeah it's really great working with lots of different people that's great and I think it's very inspiring to have um to see all the things that you and your I'm going to say team because Mm -hmm. I think you know Gareth is a huge part of your team obviously you're a collaborating duo but also all the people that you bring in to write and contribute to your projects it's great yeah and like the shoots and stuff like I couldn't do what my stylist do or the photographer does like I basically go oh let's do this crazy idea and they're the ones that actually make it happen (laughs) (laughs) but that's good well look we want we want to talk about your book that's coming out in January but I also want to talk about collaboration and talk about teamwork because I think this is a really good topic to share, to bring you on to talk about as well. I'm putting you on the spot here. I just said to Kat, come on the show. We'll talk about everything. We'll just shoot the breeze. Now I'm going to give a topic on the spot. Well, collaboration in in our, we've got a lovely Facebook community with Bride Chiller. And uh, one of the things that comes up all the time is how to get your partner involved, how to be more open to receiving help when it comes to wedding planning. And I think life in general as well. A lot of us go, I can do everything, which you can. But sometimes it's good to go, fuck it. Can I have some help, please? I'm struggling. Just because you can do everything doesn't mean you should. Yes. So let's, (laughs) let's look at that as the foundations of our conversation today, because I think all the plates that you spin in your real life, in your real life. (laughs) Supposed to my fake life. Where's this fake life? We'll talk about that later. Uh, in your business life, I think it's a really good foundation of a conversation to talk about how people can do it, not just in their wedding life, but also in their real lives mm. as well. Well, I am a massive control freak. Right. Good. Um, good to I hear. I think most business owners are. Sure. Um, you know, I know how I like things done and I yep. like things done in the exact way that I like them done. Otherwise I get annoyed. Um, so it took me a very long time to let people into the bubble, I suppose. Mm. Um, and it started with bringing people in for things that I literally could not do. Like, for example, graphic design. There is no way I could have designed a logo. It would have just looked like a child had drawn it. So I had to hire a graphic designer. Um, and then when I found a good one, I was like, okay, she didn't completely ruin that. So let's <laughs> have her do some other things. And then, oh, let's get someone else to do this. And it was a very slow process. And I would say that maybe even it's only been in the last couple of years that I really would say I've got a big team. Well, not even a big team, like a team that mm. I would say a part of the rock and roll bride business. And it's not just me anymore. Mm-hmm. So like the photo shoot people, the freelance writers, I've even got girls that like write blog posts for us now, like full time, um, which I never had before. So it's good. What do you think are some tips that you would like to share with with couples who are going through this that they are, they feel a bit overwhelmed and they feel like, Christ, if I, if I have to do another task on my own, I will explode? Well, I would say that generally people want to help, like especially if it's your wedding, like your family and friends probably do want to help. And if they don't, they're dickheads and you shouldn't invite them anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when my friend got married last year, like one of my favourite things was the night before us all putting the flowers together. Nice. And, you know, she 
could have done that by herself. She's much better at it than I am or any of the other bridesmaids were, but it was such a fun thing to do together. And we all got to, you know, carry the bouquets that we'd made and mine was a bit lopsided and floppy, but it was cool (laughs) because I'd made it. Um, And yeah, people generally do want to get involved. So don't be afraid to ask them. And the whole thing will just be way more enjoyable if you're not doing it by yourself at three in the morning, you know, crying into your wedding dress or whatever. That would be really tragic if yeah. that's happening. If that happens, take a step back and think about your choices. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you are involved in other people's weddings, is there an assumption? It's like, oh, it's Kat from the blog. She's going to do everything and know everything. Um, there's only been a couple of like three or four weddings that I've really been involved in since doing this. And um, one was my sister. So I completely took over. Um, I was like, here are five photographers that you're allowed to hire. You can pick one. <laughs> Um, no, I'm joking. Like she wanted me to kind of tell her what to do. Um, oh my God, it's a gift. I mean, I think like 99% of listeners right now be going, I wish I knew a wedding blogger that could just solve all yeah. my problems for me. I do Jeez. actually have people email me occasionally saying, can you help me plan a wedding? And I'm like, fuck, no. No way. <laughs> I get no. asked all the time, are you a wedding planner? I'm like, yes, um, I, I have great respect for our wedding planning friends, but this yeah. is not my scene. That is Absolutely not my bag. Absolutely not. Like Good I've night. literally done it for my sister and my best friend and then my other friend that got married I kind of sent her a few tips and advice but I didn't really get involved I was like you do you yeah just send them a link to the blog and go look go forth and 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 of course if you've got a specific question I'm here for you but I'm not gonna tell you what to do we're in a great wedding bloggers Facebook group that I don't know why I said in that voice (laughs) it's a real thing just like your real life. It's always interesting hearing and reading some of the feedback that people get and some of it's businessy stuff, some of it's about trends and some mm. of it's asking questions about going, oh, is this appropriate to post? And it's always fantastic to get the feedback from our compadres. But, you know, the one thing I think the the main thing that comes through is, oh, just so glad we are on the periphery of the industry, just looking in and talking about it and not having to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think if I had to deal with brides on a day-to-day basis, as much as I think our readers are amazing sure. and creative and gorgeous and wonderful, yes, I'm glad that I can just stand on the outside and put my two cents in in our Facebook group and not really get involved. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to step back and just shut it down. And again, I love our Facebook group too. And they're very involved and they really help each other out. And sometimes I'm like, I don't need to jump in here. Mm. Just be the mother hen and watch over. Just watch over. I would like to talk a little bit more about where we have been since we last spoke and not us personally, but the industry. Because there's been a lot of changes over the last four years. Recently, there's been big wedding dress stores, shops, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, designers shutting down. Things are really shifting from where it was. And Mm. I know this is just how it is. This is business, but also it's sort of, I think, quite delightful in a way Mm. because a lot of independent designers are coming up. People are focusing a lot more on finding attire and decor from Etsy and all these sort of Mm. other places. Where are you at with with what you're seeing coming through the blog and also in your Facebook group and community as well. Are you seeing that shift? Absolutely. Um, You know, there's been magazines and stuff shutting down as well. And I think they're always the kind of bigger, more mainstream ones. Um, I think I've seen one sort of more indie blog shut down. And that was more of a personal thing, I think, than a, Mm -hmm. you know, 
no desire for it. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that there's a shift towards indie businesses, one-off things, personalization. People want to feel like their wedding is, you know, being created by artisans rather than, you know, Mr. Man in a suit selling wedding dresses. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that's great because I know when I was looking for a wedding dress, it was literally a big designer brand sold in a big boutique or nothing. Yep. I mean, I'm Me sure too. smaller designers existed, but we didn't know about them. So, Oh, I agree. And it's harder. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as you said, back way back when we got hitched, I suppose that the Pinterest wasn't really uh, – I got married in 2012, so Pinterest was around, but it wasn't certainly wasn't something that it is now mm. uh, and also didn't link to as many things because no one had a sexier website. So right. everyone can just jump on and build a website in 23 seconds and <laughs> you got a business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still think there's people that want to have that kind of one-stop shop, walk-in, pick-a-dress-leave experience, but sure. less and less people. Like, I'm seeing a split. It's either people wanting to spend five grand on the most amazing designer sparkly dress I've ever seen, or people being like, do you know what? I'm going to go with an independent person on Etsy and have something one-of-a-kind in that way. And you can still spend five grand on Etsy doing yes, that, can't absolutely. you? Um, <laughs> But yeah, that kind of middle ground and like the, the magazines I'm seeing closing, the um, stores I'm seeing closing, they're kind of that middle ground, nothing vanilla blur section of the industry. When I think good riddance, bye-bye. <laughs> so long. You don't want this <laughs> attached with anything to do with your wedding. Mm -hmm. That sound effect doesn't need to be attached to anything at all, mm -hmm. any transaction. And I think of the people that are doing work, well, that's business, isn't it? Just improve the blur or take a hike. Yeah, like brides aren't stupid. Like they, they have the internet so they can see every option possibly available as long as they know how to use Google. So the time for mediocre crap is over. <laughs> this is what I expect from Cat Williams. We're going to head to a quick break, but after the break, I want to talk about your book. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. More with Cat after this. As we're all very aware, wedding planning can be overwhelming, especially when it comes to understanding the steps that are involved to plan a wedding without losing your marbles. Having a wedding planner or coordinator on your team is great, but not all of us can afford it or are in the area physically to have someone help them out, which is why I am so excited and delighted to welcome Bride Chiller directory member and former Bride Chiller guest, Cindy Savage, into the Bride Chiller partnership family because she has developed an amazing resource that I know you are all going to love. Cindy is a former stage manager, you have to say it like that, and she's also a professional wedding planner who has developed the Choose Your Own Wedding Planning subscription service, which is just like having a wedding planner on call throughout your entire wedding planning process. She has bundled all of her knowledge and expertise into an online planning portal, which means she will take you step-by-step step with videos and guides through the how-tos for each phase of wedding planning. She's going to break it down so it's super easy to understand. Members receive individual support from Cindy and all the other couples in the private Facebook community 
and monthly live planning Q&A calls, which is huge because it means you have a professional wedding planner at your fingertips for all your questions and concerns that you may be having at whatever stage of wedding planning you may be at. So stop guessing about how to plan your wedding day and start doing. Head over to chooseyourown.wedding and enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER to get a one-week free trial. That's chooseyourown.wedding and enter the promo code BRIDECHILLER to get a one-week free trial of the Choose Your Own Wedding subscription. I said earlier on about alternative and the the the, the whole... I don't know, the breakdown of what that means. Now, I suppose 10 years ago, alternative meant something quite different to what it means now. How do we define what an alternative wedding is? Well, I always I should have asked you this 25 <laughs> minutes ago, by the way. I always say that an alternative wedding is basically a wedding that doesn't follow tradition blindly. So, mm. you know, some of the weddings we feature and some of the people that are in our Facebook group are not having the craziest you know, they're not jumping out of airplanes or getting married in cemeteries or whatever. Like they're having the church wedding, but maybe they're wearing Doc Martens and she's got pink hair. You know, it doesn't have to be all about being the craziest and the wackiest. And I think that's why, you know, quote unquote, alternative weddings are becoming more popular and almost the new mainstream because they really can encompass everyone. And it's mm. just about picking things that feel good for you and suit you and your your relationship rather than, you know, ticking the box of we need the horse-drawn carriage, we need the roses and we need the fucking three-course dinner or whatever. Maybe one day the horse-drawn carriage, horse-drawn, horse-drawn, <laughs> can't even say it's ridiculous. Uh, if you're having a horse-drawn carriage, more power to you, but come on. The idea that the horse-drawn carriage, the three-course meal, the trad maybe that will be alternative because we are going to flip it i'm just going meta here cat i think it probably will (laughs) people are like remember in the olden days when we did all these things let's do that as our wedding and all that stuff oh gosh yeah (laughs) and they'll go isn't that quirky and crazy that's what they used to do let's bring it back vintage revival it will be Uh, (laughs) vintage yeah (laughs) we are seeing a lot of I hate saying the word trend because I think also it dates the podcast I and I never want to do that. We, yeah. we don't really do trends. So I don't know how to say this in a way that's not going to be saying the word trend. But what are some of the things that you've been seeing lately that you're just like, Lady Boner, let's go. I love this. I wish that I could include this in a future celebration that I'm planning. Well, my favorite weddings at the moment are like pretty low key like I'm all about the elopements I'm all about like the bride just look absolutely fierce and just rocking her own style rather than being like oh I need to have a leather jacket with Mrs Smith on the back and I need to have you know Chuck Taylors or whatever like they're great but I don't know I just get a bit over trends very quickly personally so I don't really know what's exciting me at the moment more than just seeing people being themselves and being like oh I haven't seen that before or that's actually definitely very them you know well maybe that's it maybe the trend is just being just being yourself just you doing you yeah those are the weddings that I always get the most excited about I did see one you put up on the blog recently. I'm just really, we went to Joshua Tree last March and I just thought it was just an amazing place. And I, I'm probably dating myself now because this is probably a, a blog from a little while ago, but just going, just like in a Cadillac in Joshua Tree with a couple of mates, the weather's warm, the view is beautiful. Mm. That's it. It was just great. And I looked at it and went, you know what? That just reflects, I think, those people reading the blog perfectly. Yeah. They were fussy. 
I think it brighter done her own hair and makeup. And I was like, great. If you yeah. know what you want, do it. Fuck, who cares? Just go and have a good time. And then also these smaller events, you can spend a bit more money on it or, you know, personalize it and hone in a little bit more on what's important to you. Yeah. And not have to cater for all these other people that who gives a shit about. <laughs> I think if we were getting married now, that's absolutely what we'd do. We'd like yeah. not quite eloped. We'd have people there, but like it would be small. It would be like just us doing our thing. And also, I think it's just one of those things that you can then going back to collaboration and asking for help when you don't have to do all these extra feel obliged to do all these extra tasks and create this party that's. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, but the party's for the guests, you know, and I, and I think, uh, is it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a celebration of you finding this fellow weirdo and wanting to celebrate with your friends, but also you've got to enjoy it as yeah. well. I kind of wish that everyone got two weddings, like mm. they got the, because people don't want to skip that big family gathering, everyone you've ever met in one room sometimes, you know, like they want to have that thing. But then when they look back on it, they're like, oh, I wish we'd just done what made us happy and just had a small thing just for us. Like you can't have both, unfortunately. It's funny when, no, you. I mean, and if you got coin, maybe you could, I don't know. But (laughs) if you had, like I think back and we talk about going back to Australia and having a smaller party like if we moved home or whatever like you know what we would bring back from that day and who the people we'd bring back and the elements of a really great party and we had an amazing DJ and we, we, he's one of our mates and we would hire him in a second to DJ anything that required a DJ and you know food is really important but for us that was they're the two sort of moments of going we ate and we drank really good booze and dance like I don't think I've ever danced as hardcore as I danced at our wedding and I was barefoot and my feet were like bruised by the end of the cat but it there that that's the sort of moment and it was great having everyone around us but I also felt that it was more just the part I just loved the party (laughs) but you know there are moments that I really fussed over beforehand that I'm just like ah whatever it didn't make any difference to me or anyone else on the day and I suppose you've got to go through that and learn it as you yeah I mean people can get very you know, head up on the details and being like, oh, we need to make sure we have these artisanal favours handmade by whatever. And no one gives a shit. And maybe they're good in the photos, but your guests are like, oh, nice. Can I drink it? (laughs) (laughs) Can I eat it drunk in the cab on the way home? Exactly. What can I I eat to not throw up later on? I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned before being a bridesmaid in a couple of weddings and I've just written a bridesmaid book and I think it's one of those topics that as soon as someone comes into, you know, I'm sure it's the same in your Facebook group as well, people have these, well, issues, communication breakdowns with Mm. with their friends and it always makes me really sad because I think that you know, majority of the time these people are really good mates and they love each other and they've got history together and then something happens during the wedding planning process that can just ruffle. I know there's lots of factors that come in, but can you give some guidance, and I'm sure you've written about this in your book, which I can't wait to read, um, about just keeping the peace and maintaining friendship over a fucking party? I think the problem is that people just don't communicate. Like they don't want to upset anyone. They don't want anyone to think they're a bridezilla. So they don't communicate early about what they actually want. And then when the bridesmaids don't do what they expect, they lose their shit 
And it's like, well, how are they supposed to know that you didn't want them to cut their hair or you they all had to be in the same dress if you haven't told them? So I think, like, don't worry about, like, being a diva and just, you know, when you ask them to be a bridesmaid, like, let them know what's going to be expected of them. And I think as women particularly, we can get a bit like, oh, I don't want them to think I'm a bitch. Um, and if I've learned anything by running my own business is sometimes you've got to be a bitch to get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do it in a nice way, but like there's, nothing, like there's nothing wrong with being like particular about what you want and being nice about it. Like you don't have to be a complete asshole to tell people what you want from them. You know? No, you don't. And I do think it comes back to being, uh, I totally agree with you about being a woman and having an opinion. Mm. And then uh, I saw someone talking about, you know, I'm the whole fucking bridezilla term. People have heard me bang on it. They don't, I don't need to repeat my stance on that. I think it's pretty obvious 350 episodes in. But the idea also outside of wedding, just in our normal lives, that God forbid, you know, we are forthright in our opinions and saying, well, this is not done right. Or we have to apologize in an email when actually you're saying you didn't do the job right. But sometimes it's hard to say, actually, hi, Trevor, you fucking, I hired you to do this and you didn't do it. Oh, shit. A bag of dicks, Trevor. <laughs> but then you're like, hi, Trevor, sorry to bother you. Um, I just wanted to, oh, I just, and you're like, oh my God, just say, Trevor, you fucked up. Yeah. You didn't do it. But it's so hard because we're conditioned to not say that Mm. Um, and it really shits me and I know this is a big longer conversation and probably a whole different podcast but I really think that that's something we can all make a change Mm. every day no matter how beastly strong and amazing we are I find myself apologizing for shit that I didn't do it's Mm. like what do you stop it yeah Oh, thanks for letting me get that off my chest, Kat. I'm so glad. Oh, I'm really stressed about it. Actually, and also complaining. I'm. I suppose my Australianism and living in the UK, I can get away with a little bit more. But we were at, we do this thing with some friends, which we call the Sunday Brunch Club, and we're going around our local area to the pubs trying to find a really good roast. This has a point, I promise. And. We've had two quite shitty experiences and the lovely couple we go with to this lunch with are very polite and British. (laughs) And I'm the first one to go when they come around and say, how was your meal? And I'm like, you know what? I just want you to know the meal wasn't great. And then watching them sort of slink down in their chairs, like (laughs) what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) What the fuck is she doing? But I think it's actually, maybe it's a step of saying, I'm not very happy with this. I just want to maybe pass on that to you Mm. and I think with bridesmaids as well like they never get to that point like instead of talking to their bridesmaid they go in a Facebook group and go oh Marie's doing this and what should I do and it's like just fucking talk to her like a human (laughs) it's not that difficult And it's it's so empowering when you actually have the conversation and go, oh, you know, when you said this, it upset me. And then it went into some sort of huge long fight, which mm-hmm. was completely unnecessary. And then if you cleared the decks and you have that conversation, oh, the relief, it's palpable. It's amazing. Yeah. And if they react badly to it, well, that tells you everything you need to know. Correct. But don't pussyfoot around the situation. I think it's going to fix itself. <laughs> Yeah, and screen grab, you know, we've got a big thing in our group about we don't allow screen grab, you know, conversations anymore because I just think it's just a dick move. Um, And also it's like, well, it's not helping anyone and maybe just have the conversation rather than share the shit on the internet. Mm. So 
I don't know. It's just my personal thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I would be horrified if someone took my text message screen grab that I'd sent to them and then put it on the internet. When you're like, there's no context here and you're making me look like an asshole. And yeah, exactly. maybe I am an asshole, but don't put that up there. Yeah, that's between me and you. <laughs> I may be the asshole in my own time. Yeah. <laughs> The book. Now, I was reading, having also authored books, it's a fucking hard gig. It's mm. really hard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, just let's stop this nonsense and go on with our lives. And then you've got to go back and finish it because you've said, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the process of writing a book. Because part of me, when you said, I'm writing a book, I'm like, Kat, why didn't you do this 10 years ago? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, people have been... People have literally been saying to me since like 2011, are you going to write a book? Like, fuck. When are you writing the book? When are you writing the book? When are you writing the book? Well, okay. So about five years ago, I decided I wanted to write a book. And I didn't know what it was going to be about. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a business book or like Mm. a planning book or whatever. But I did this big announcement said I was going to write a book and I was going to completely self-publish it because that's what I do. Um, And I just never got it off the ground. Like, I think I just had a lot of other stuff going on. I wanted to write a book, but I didn't really have a direction for it. It was like something I just wanted to tick off my list and it just never Mm -hmm. happened. And then, you know, the magazine happened and Blog Academy happened and just the book thing just went to the back burner. Um, And then, wait, where are we now? End of 2016, a publisher came to me and said, do you want to write a book? And I was like, fuck, okay, I guess this is the time. Mm. Um, I met with them last April, so April 2007. No, I don't know what year we're in. I met with them in April. I started writing it right away and it was done by September. Oh, <laughs> so. but you just smashed you just smashed out that book that was in 10 years in the making. Yeah, just I think whipped it out. I then got a book deal, so I had to do it. It wasn't sure. just like, this is my own vanity project. Like I had publishers and people that were trying to sell it before I'd even written it. So I was like, I really got to do this. There's nothing like a contract to make you work harder. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually really glad to do it this way because... I don't know anything about the book publishing world. And I've realized that book publishing and magazine publishing are completely different. So it's nice working with people that actually know what they're doing. Well, unlike Rich and I, who just make it up as we go along. It's gone fine. (laughs) But, you know, Jesus. Tell me a little bit about the book then. What is, you talked before about saying you didn't know what direction and what style what's the vibe what's the tone so the book is basically everything I know about planning an alternative wedding kind of extracted from my brain and dumped into a very beautiful hardcover full color beautiful book lovely Um, so yeah it's everything from you know setting your budget to finding an alternative theme to suppliers to style inspiration to stuff you know dealing with the kind of more harder hitting topics like should you lose weight for your wedding or how do you deal with your bridesmaids and family dynamics and all that stuff so it's beautiful um but it's also hopefully very practical you do very like your photography the photographers that you feature the shoots that you do I'm always sort of in awe of this this the style your aesthetic that you have really I think it's evolved a lot since the start of the blog but you've got a really good eye for it so I'm Oh, my pleasure. I'm very excited about seeing um, how this this book looks and the feel of it because I think it's going to be slinky and sexy and great. Yeah, it is. I just got my copy today, actually. 
Oh, have you got um, flick? Can you flick it for? That sounds no, awful. Can you flick it. it for the magazine? That sounds <laughs> that was dirty. It's also a hard cover. It doesn't really oh. flick. Um, well, yeah. I apologise. <laughs> Kat, the book is coming out in early January. I know that we have uh, we. I'm on board now with you. <laughs> Pre-orders now. Tell me a little bit about what people get when they pre-order your fabulous book. Well, if you pre-order it from us, from our website, so rockerobride.com slash shop, I will hand sign it, give it a kiss and put it in the post oh, for you. Oh, la la. She'll spray it with sparkles. It'll be touched by my fair hands. Um, wow. But if not, if you don't care about that, you can just order it from Amazon or Waterstones <laughs> or all the usual places. And you will ship uh, to our international friends, I'm assuming? Of course. This 2018. And- Oh, yeah, of course. It is. <laughs> I mean, some people are like, I don't ship outside of the country. You're like, well, you're not going to run a business. It baffles, it baffles me that people still say, like, do you ship to Germany? I'm like, of course. Okay. Like, why yeah. wouldn't we? Go to the post office. Yeah. It's all fun. They actually come and pick <laughs> them up from us because we oh ship so much stuff. Well, I need to up my game. My dad, Dave, uh, is our Australian distribution warehouse manager. Um, he ships all of our Australasian orders from mm. our garage. Nice. And um, I've just bought him. He doesn't know this yet and he doesn't listen to this show, so I don't know I'm pretending. It's a secret. <laughs> uh, we bought him an employee of the year plaque to put in the shed wall. Adorable. because uh, Maybe I yeah, should get I, Gareth one. You should definitely get Gareth one. <laughs> I mean, it's just a fun thing that's not saying I'm paying you, but it's saying I love you. Here's a plaque. Yeah, thank you for your continued <laughs> service. For, yeah, keep working for free because <laughs> you're my husband and you're my father in your retirement. Yeah. This is something to do with your life and the, we're all thankful. Yeah. Also, please, please, my friends, check out Crown and Glory. I know a lot of our bride chillers have actually um, have – I see Crown and Glory stuff being shared all the time in our community. What are you producing uh, in – I was going to go in Q1. I'm in business mode. What are you producing? Oh, what a wanker. <laughs> What's happening in Q1 for you, Kat? Um, so Sophie and I are currently working on the new collection, which we'll be launching on Valentine's Day. Oh, great. Um, we're at the very early stages <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to look like. Um, no, we've got some ideas. I probably can't really tell them yet. Sure. I should have discussed this with Sophie, but there may be some capes in our oh, future. Stop it. Yeah. I'd so, love a cape. Very I feel like I could just be a cape gal just normally. I don't really even need a wedding. Just get me a cape. Well, I'm I think ready. so. You, know, you can wear it with your jeans to the supermarket and look super cash. Super cash and super fabulous in my yeah. cape. Yeah. Yeah. You also do veils and in your last collection. Are they still available at the moment? Yes. Yes, they are. Good. Yeah. Well, go ahead, search for Crown and Glory Rock and Roll Bride. You will find them on the Googs and um, just support lovely independent designers. That's our message of today. Support independent designers and classy, fabulous ladies. <laughs> yes. Um, Kat, Thank you so much for uh, sharing and also for coming back on the show 300 and maths 40. Shit. Four, <laughs> that's wrong. Episodes later. Oh. That's crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. It just keeps going. Yeah. And uh, eventually I'll produce a podcast of a different topic and I'll have you back on that as well. Great. That was like a threat. <laughs> you will and I'll come have back. you back on that as well. You will come back. You've got a microphone now and she's ready to roll. She has to come back.
Uh, Kat Williams, thank you so much and good luck with the book. And um, also thank you for having me write for your wonderful magazine. Oh, you're so welcome. Happy days, Kat. (laughs) The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.